Justine, you got that smoke? Where's the smoke at? Uh, yeah, I rolled this up my signature beautiful blunt. <laughs> All right, cool. This is what happens when pot is legal in some states, sort of legal in others, and completely illegal in places like Kansas, where frankly they could use some. I can't think of another example of a drug that's legal in one state, but not in another. It's not a tenable situation. Because when I leave Colorado, Oregon, Washington, or Alaska, my back pain doesn't go away. Or whatever it is I have. I'm kidding. I use medical marijuana because my third eye has glaucoma. And you know, it's it's acting up right now. Maybe uh, maybe I should. Uh... Maybe I should treat it. This is private property, and I do have a card. So. Uh, so we're joined by two guests today. Uh, Diego, Chris, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves uh, to the audience of the Chillinoy podcast um, and tell us what you do. I guess I'll start. Uh, I'm Chris. <laughs> I work uh, as a uh, as a bud tender. I also do a lot of stuff at the you know back of house, you know, taking deliveries and stuff like that at the New Era uh, Cannabis Dispensary on North Avenue in Chicago. And uh, prior to that, I worked at uh, the MedMen Dispensary uh, in Oak Park. Uh, regarding uh, my professional cannabis experience, uh, other than that, I've I've been a, I guess a, a very enthusiast activist for probably about 18, 18 to twenty years before that. I guess you could say. Awesome, Diego. All right, uh, hi, I'm Diego. I work for New Era. I'm one of the uh, bartenders and uh, customer service representative. Uh, if you have any emails you send to the store, I'm probably one of the people who's going to most likely answer them and get back to you. Cool. Thank you guys for joining uh, uh, us tonight. I know it's pretty late, so I appreciate you joining us on such late notice. Diego, how long have you been in the industry or been working with cannabis? Uh, for about three years now. I kind of uh, scored an internship with the company right after college, and it's kind of been like kind of sm smooth sailing from there. I worked with them answering their emails uh, for the dispensary, and I was there helping them set up for a rec in January. And I tell you, that was a lot of work. A lot of people had questions. A lot of people had no idea what kind of dispensary we were. And I was just all hours of the day just answering people's emails, kind of just spreading the word on who we are and what we do. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy time. Uh, day one of uh, uh, adult use legalization. So thank you very much, Diego, for braving the crowds and uh, fighting the good fight. We do appreciate uh what our bud tenders do and uh, dispensary staff do because we know it's a lot of hard work sometimes it can be a thankless job so uh thank you yeah it you. was pretty crazy january 1st the lines out the door and we didn't have a whole lot of product left and people were just like steaming you know like oh this wouldn't happen in colorado this wouldn't happen oh, how many times how many times i ask Bro, have you ever like been to Colorado, man? I'm like, dude, it's the first day. Like, give us, yeah, give a us break, some time, really. man. Yeah. Uh, well, we had, I mean, yeah. 
if you look back at Colorado, I believe they had the same issues uh, back in the day. People were complaining about more or less the same things. I remember, uh, I remember when cannabis was legal legalized in Colorado, and the thing I kept seeing in the comments were, "Oh gosh, I'm tired. Were we really paying sixty and eighty dollars for an eighth? Does that sound familiar? Well, yeah, that's because that's hap- that happened in Colorado. You know, it's so it's happening here too, and. The hope is that uh, these things will work themselves out, right? So yeah, they, they they already have. I mean, I I, I couldn't believe when, with how much of a flower shortage we had in January last year, and we had it if medical patients. Remember, we had it before that. You know, we started seeing it in November. Yep. And everyone was accusing us of, oh, you're hoarding flour to sell it to the wreck people. You know, you're not putting medical patients. And I was like, look. You know, by law, we can't have anything now that we sell on January 1st. You know, that was an amendment to the law made, I think, in December of 2019. And um, so I, I, I remember uh, I almost, you know, there were medical people that wanted to come to blows with me because they thought, you know, we were hoarding it, you know, to sell it to, to wreck because we're supposedly going to make more money on it. Um, we actually sell the products for the exact same price to wreck and medical people. It's just the taxes are the only difference in Illinois. Yeah. Well, and Justine um, and I talked about when that was happening, it was almost like a, uh, reinforced, like a cyclical thing. Like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you know, like because the products were in short, there were shortages, people were buying more, causing yeah. more of a shortage. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, so. and um, you know, just 2019, I mean, the medical program exploded because uh, they loosened the restrictions on it. And a lot of people were able to get cards that weren't going to be good before. And then they also added the opioid alternatives program, uh, which added tens of thousands of people to the program itself. Um, so you saw just the effects of all the people getting on the medical bandwagon in 19. By the end of the year, there was no flower for anybody. And then so January hit. And I honestly thought, you know, it's going to be September until we can provide rec people consistent flour. And the fact that the cultivators were able to expand and get it out that quick that by the summertime, you know, you can walk into a dispensary as a rec guy and, and have two or three pre-rolls and 10 or 12 eights to choose from. Um, just from j- January to June was incredible growth that, that they that they achieved. So kudos to them. You know, I remember I remember uh, the, the week before Jan 1 came. Medical patients were coming in and buying so much because they were stocking up. Stocking, knew, piling, yeah. man. Anything they yeah. get their hands on. You know, yeah. even guys that didn't smoke CBD flour, like they just any flour they could get. You know, it was you know the the CBD heavy stuff. Uh, it was like a run on the banks. You know, it mm-hmm. was it was something else to be a part of. Man, I know we were all we were all just like, okay, no no one's partying, no one's going out for New Year's. We all need to go to sleep and have a good night's rest because we got to wake up early. We got there very yeah. early, around like 5 a.m. There were already people kind of lining up, and that yep. was just kind of like, wow. Yep. I know at the dispensary I was working at, we had people starting to line up before we had even closed on the 31st. <laughs> so it was just ridiculous. And as far as the shortage, I don't know what like you guys had heard we were always told at my dispensary that the shortage was caused because they were expanding all of the cultivation facilities and they couldn't grow as much because there was all this new construction but i don't know i I feel like that may have been a part of it but probably not all of it maybe they legalize it way too early or too quickly I think maybe yeah, they gave it a month. They had to yeah. give it a few more years, at least, for them to expand more lights to be given out, more facilities to grow. You know, yeah. open. 
Yeah, I mean, they literally had six months. I mean, it was announced in in early June, wasn't it? Early, or very yeah. very early June or late May of nineteen. I mean, yeah, very quick yeah. legislative turnaround. So the fact that they were able to 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 have that turnaround was historic in and of itself. Very good point, uh, folks. So, um, yeah. So tell us a little bit before we, I, you know, I brought you guys on to talk about uh, home growing, but before we talk about home growing, we should talk about the fact that. Yeah, I mean, or we should make it clear that in order to home grow in Illinois, you must uh, be a medical, a registered medical cannabis patient um, or a registered qualifying patient in the Illinois Medical Cannabis Program. Sorry, I wanted to be uh, totally correct in what I said. And so, can you guys give your spiel of why people should be encouraged to have a conversation with their physician about medical cannabis? Well, uh, and if I, you know, if I can say, um. <clears throat> First of all, it's like way cheaper. It's like a two percent tax, as opposed to the forty-five to forty-seven percent tax that recreational products come come across. Um, then, uh, if you grow your own, you're kind of you kind of like you kind of understand the plan a little bit more, in my opinion. It's really important for you to just get that conversation with your doctor because then you become part of the Illinois scene, really. And you become like a, it's like having like a loyalty card, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, you, you get affiliated with the dispensaries around. You get to know them pretty quickly, and they kind of like, especially with New Era, they kind of, they kind of would love to get to know you and offer you that consultation a little bit more. Well, and what's great with New Era, or at least the location that's near myself at the time of this recording, I will say, because it is, a, from what I understand, it's a COVID exception. Uh, New Era does curbside pickup, which is great because. Um, well, at this point, I'm vaccinated, so you know I'm not so much wor- you know worried, but it's nice to still not have to uh, come into contact because, of course, just because I'm vaccinated apparently doesn't mean I can't spread, right? So it's nice to still be able to abide by social distancing um, and take advantage of curbside pickup, which I'm happy to say, at, at least at this point, you guys still offer. So yeah, especially for our medical patients because they're the ones most right. at risk, and our, honestly, our facility can't really like handle anything more than medical patients tell us a little bit about what else you do to kind of keep things orderly you know so that there aren't crowds well um, we do keep everybody safe we do require that you make a pre-order that's something that we kind of we kind of loose on in the past but now we're really really starting to go pretty strict on that uh you have to order ahead of time that just lets us know that when you're time what time you're coming so so let's say for example at 12 p.m we get hordes of people lines out the door and then like three to five five p.m no one's there you know we like to kind of spread it out throughout the day so that we don't have people bunched up and you know yeah. spreading. um another point is that that um uh, if, if you're a re- if you're a rec customer you yeah you have to have a pre-order um you know in order to come in but if you were are a med patient and you do need that consultation and you don't know what you want uh you do get the privilege of walking inside, sitting down and and talking to a professional about, you know, what, what's the best medicine, you know, for, for what you need to accomplish. And that's not to say we're not there to answer questions for rec people. You know, we are, we absolutely are. Um, But it, it's that kind of, you know, hands-on treatment that we provide the patients that is just again, it's a little bit step up from your your standard rec experience, um, and we would love to be able to provide that experience to everybody. But right now, you know, with COVID being what it is, 
you know, again, we have to prioritize the patients and um, that's, again, is something that, that we do offer uh, to them and to them only. Cool. So you heard it folks. Uh, there's a, a lot of reasons to consider um, having a conversation with your phys- physician about medical cannabis. The way I look at it is if you spend about, I did the math one time and I think it was, if you spend about 80 bucks a month on cannabis, it is worthwhile consider to consider getting your uh, medical cannabis card. But a big reason that you should get your medical cannabis card, in my opinion, is so that you can home grow uh, your cannabis. Because, of course, Illinois is a state that allows uh, medical patients to home grow. Um, so let's talk about home grow. Um, first of all, let's break down the law because there are a few rules, right? Can you give us a yeah. breakdown of the rules? Well, you need five. You can only have up to five mature plants, all over five inches tall, per household, per medical card. Let's say, for example, you have like you have your apartment with like and three or two of your roommates have medical cards. You can't grow fifteen plants altogether. It's per household, and you also need consent of the property owner as well. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, and like you said, five per household. So, folks, it's not just because you and your lady have a card that you can grow 10. It is five per household. Um, so make sure to, to abide by that because um, if you look at the uh, the penalties for going over that limit, they're, they're actually pretty harsh. So um, anyways, growing is pretty easy, and that's what I like uh, when we talked before we got on air. That's... That's what I like. Uh, I like that you guys break it down that way. Sorry, sometimes I get so high on the on the show, I forget how to speak. <laughs> no, yeah, me too. Trust me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but tell us about it. I mean, the way I always say it is, and this comes from my uh, the person that taught me how to grow. He always, when I overthink things, because I have a tendency to do so, um, he says, Cole, this stuff can grow in a ditch, Okay. You need to you need to chill out. Just read the leaves. You know, pay attention to what you're doing. Do the research online. There's a body of research online. I didn't have that. He's an older person. I didn't have that when I was growing up. You know, so yeah, I like that you guys approach it that way, and especially in your conversations with patients, that it's really not that hard if you do a little reading on it on the process. Right. Yeah. I'm. I've been. I'm. You know, one probably the biggest advocate for home grow. Uh, you, you know that you, that you'll meet. Um, uh, it it empower. It's so empowering uh, as as a medical patient to be able to provide your own medicine. And you know, it's very nice to be able to get it at the store. And I, and, you know, look, I've been I grow quite a bit, and I still spend a lot. My wife would tell you, I spend a lot more than I need to at the dispensary. But um, just having the the independence to know that uh, you don't have to rely on, on uh, anybody else but yourself. And also the, the hobby in itself is so rewarding to, to grow something and to Absolutely. see this beautiful plant form. And then, you know, it also has these amazing health benefits and uh, it, it's just something that I fell in love with, you know, doing it. And it's, uh, it's become a big passion of mine. As I said, it's a great hobby. Uh, and really with, with how much, uh, you know, I end up getting from it as far as flour and, and things I can do with, with that, with you know, making edibles, making wax, whatever. Uh, I mean, it saves me so much money in, in the long run, you know, and uh, that's why, 
some people, usually the first hang up people have when I, I say home grow is, oh man, you know, that's expensive. And if you're going to grow inside, yeah, you, you're going to have some costs. You're going to have a light, you can have a tent. Uh, you know, you're, you're all, all things said conservatively six to 800 bucks, you know, for a nice little setup, mm-hmm. but you know, and you know, it's going to take three, four months until you can get a harvest your first time and so you can start taking clones and all that good stuff. But man, do you spend more than this 600 bucks at the dispensary in, in four months? I bet you do. And so it right. really, really pays for itself almost immediately. And, um, I mean, and yeah, yeah my, it, mine was in my first harvest. Uh, it yeah. was, it, that's when it yeah. paid for itself. Um, which yeah, is crazy. and even yeah. even if you like bomb your first harvest, which is possible, you know, like your first couple runs, you're, you're gonna be you're gonna be a lot of learning, right? Sure. Even if you mess it up, like you can still turn it into to, to weed brownies at the very worst. Correct. You can yeah. you can repurpose it if it's not smokable. It's it, there's a good chance that it might be infusible. You know, like if it doesn't smoke well or whatever. You know, so. Yeah. So like, and, and it's uh, it, it's as it's as complex as you want it to be. You know, there's, there are so many levels to this game that uh, I, I tell people a lot, you know, in the beginning, they're beginners. They're guys like you that sometimes just really stress like, Oh my God, you know what, what's this tiny little thing on the leaf. And <laughs> it's like, I tell everyone control the variables you can control to the best of your ability and don't worry about the rest. So yep. if you if you if you can't control your humidity in your apartment, don't worry about it. You know, just do the best you can with fans and airflow and and roll with it. If you can't control the fact that your apartment gets hot in the summertime, um, you, just deal with it. You know, don't stress that, oh, man, I have to go buy a separate window unit and I have to, you know, be, mm-hmm. you know, sleeping with like, you know, a, you know, 10 blankets on because I have the apartment air conditioning so low just look as you said it grows in a ditch you know it'll find a way uh control everything you can control the best you can do and just learn and move on and you'll be really surprised at sometimes you read things online and but online is a a great resource my lord if if i had the the resources that i can get online now you know when i first got into this uh i i can't even imagine you know the quality i could have started with but sometimes people are so rigid with the approach you know they'll read something and it'll be the gospel and uh just know that everyone's growing situation is different just like in life everyone's situation is different in life when you grow weed everyone's situation is different everyone's apartment's different everyone's airflow is different and so you got to learn what works best for you and, and roll with that yeah, well whether said. it be whether it be like like a, a greenhouse on a farm or a tiny apartment in the city of Chicago. It's possible to do it. And it's really just the first six months, that hump. First harvest isn't going to be great, but every other harvest after that, it's going to be a little bit better because Mm -hmm. you know what you're doing a little bit more than you did before. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was like, I just didn't know how it was going to grow, you know? And then you look at, you look online and all every picture or guide you look at it's for a different strain so maybe it grows slightly different you know it's got a different look and that just threw me off but once you go through just a cycle you kind of you get it you know what i mean yeah um yeah yeah it's it's crazy how you know it it, that first set of serrated fans that come out you know you put the seeds in (laughs) it's like there it is wow you know there it is and then yep. the next like wow moment is 
that first, those first little golf balls you see, those little, the very little bitty buds, you know, those little mm-hmm. white little golf balls. You open the tent one day and it's just like, oh my, it's, it's happening, you know. It, you know, my little boy's all growing up, my little girl, I guess, it's all, it's all <laughs> grows up, you know, and uh, um, it, it's just so rewarding to, to, to get, you know, to the, as you know, get to the end of that road and, and you cut it and then, yeah, you still got the dry, you still got the cure, you still got work ahead. Mm-hmm. But man, um, it, it, smoking your your own that first smoke after it's it's cured is just uh, it, words. I don't think I have words for it. It's just it's one of the most rewarding things I, I, I do. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I the first time I and every time honestly I load my weed into my grinder. I just kind of smile. It's crazy when you're loading your own nugs into the grinder and you like. Like you, one of you said earlier, like you really learn a lot about the plant. And so like sometimes it's, at least when I first started growing, or sorry, buying weed, like uh, in the legal markets, you know, like you just get these containers of weed and you're just like, like sometimes the nugs look great, sometimes maybe not so much or whatever. And um, such is life, right? But when you have like, when you actually grow it and you have like, I don't, I, what I guess I'm trying to say is there's like sometimes when you have like a little nug that you have out of a bag and you're like, I remember where this nug was. It was a small little, you know, it was a small nug at the bottom, you know, and uh, it's just, it's weird to become familiar with the plant like in the way that, in that way. I'm very high. I feel like I didn't communicate my point very well at all, but I hope that one of you got it. <laughs> no, I, I feel you. I think we got it. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, um, I think it's, you know, we just did a podcast on growing, but, you know, maybe just to, why don't we talk about some things that you guys have learned or which one of you, was it Chris? Who, uh, yeah, is Chris it? is the expert grower here. I was going to say, uh, yeah, who is the expert grower here? So I haven't grown, uh, but I have tons of friends who do. Chris is by far like the best. Like even my it's professional self-talk. I uh, don't be throwing out. He's throwing the p word <laughs> yeah. around now. I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> I have a little bit of experience um, with with cultivation indoors and a little outdoors. Um, probably more on the uh, you know uh, the the private side of things. I've you know not you know ran a grow house or anything like that. Um, you know, uh, not yet at least, but. <laughs> Uh, I, I do we can all a, dream, a, right? I'm just exactly, joking. exactly. I'm joking. Uh, I, I do, but, but yeah, I do have some experience with it, and um, just you know, some of the ways things have just changed, you know, over the years with with just the way genetics and and the whole genetics market, you know, uh, have gone. Um, you know, geez, how many breeders out there are charging you know three hundred bucks a pack for seeds these days? Uh, yeah, used to be fifty, sixty bucks, you know, um, but. You can find some great, great genetics out there these days, uh, and it's so accessible. You don't have to go get them through Amsterdam anymore. There's a ton of good seed banks in the U.S. Uh, I've even seen there's some seed companies popping up in Illinois. I think uh, Prairie State Genetics, where they've got they run your show, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And then uh, mm-hmm. I think is Mo- Moscow, Illinois, is, is is the breeder from Moscow, Illinois. I know he's from somewhere in the Midwest. 
Not sure. Um, but yeah, you know, the, you got some, you got some good guys, and then obviously Michigan just up the road. You got some great stuff that comes out of Michigan. Uh, yeah, shout third. out to Dank Seeds, Michigan. I'm growing some of their seeds right now. I've got a critical Kush running uh, photo period in my plant right now, or in my tent. Critical Kush. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I, uh, I I I like that. We we had um, one of the one of the other dispensaries I worked at. We had a critical Kush that had a actually pretty high levels of CBG in it of all, of all things. And, uh, it was very good for, for pain management. Uh, I remember. Interesting. So Chris, what are some things that, uh, um, I don't know. I feel like we, maybe we start at the beginning of the process. What are some things that you found that you learned? Right. So like, um, I always start the conversation with like, I learned that the paper towel method works pretty well to pop seeds, but, uh, personally, now I do it with rapid rooter plugs, and I use one of those little uh, heat it, heat mats, right? And it keeps pad. it right at uh, eighty yeah. degrees. And so, what what have you found that works for you? And don't I... be afraid to go over several methods for people that might be wanting to try something. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, I've actually have gone from. Uh, the paper towel method to rooting, you know, different, uh, the rooting pods and things like that to mm-hmm. putting straight in soil. Um, currently I'm back at the paper towel method, I guess that's where I'm at now, but, but there's a lot of ways to do it. And again, that, that's kind of ties into what I said earlier, do what works best for you. Um, and yeah. that, that's going to require trial and error. You're going to want to make sure when you germ a seed, you're just going to make sure to keep it moist. No matter how you do it, you want to keep it moist. You don't want to keep it sopping wet, but you're going to want to keep it moist throughout. And there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, but, but yeah, I'm the paper towel method. Uh, I have had a lot of success when, when doing, you know, bigger, you know, auto flowers specifically. I like to put them straight in a container. I haven't done an auto flower in a long time. Uh, but when I used to do auto flowers, I like to put them right in whatever container I'm planting it in a five gallon, a seven gallon, whatever. I don't really like mm-hmm. to mess with them even from the germination part. Sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, right now, I guess I'm doing the paper towel method. I know I've heard of the, the heating pad. Some guys will do the heating pad, uh, not only to increase growth by a little bit, of, just a little bit of speed, but uh, some people believe that when the seed germinates, if the temperature, if the ambient temperature of the seed is a little higher uh, in the upper 70s, low 80s, that it has a higher propensity of being a female. Yeah. Um, I've I've seen studies that confirm this. I've also seen studies that uh, you know that claim within you know milliseconds of of germinating, the seed already you know the, has a sex determined. So uh, I'm not. Yeah, sure I was going to say my that. anecdotally, I've seems like every time I, I, I roll the dice mail. <laughs> so I'm just yeah. goodbye fem- feminized now. So word to the I, wise folks. <laughs> feminized uh, yeah, seeds I are just, cool. I, I just, um, I, I, I like, I, I like to tell people to grow everything, grow fems, grow regs, grow, yeah. grow autos. I just did a, I'm in the process of doing a pheno hunt, uh, between two different packs right now. Uh, uh, triangle, triangle mints number 63 crossed with wedding, uh, so, sorry, crossed with, uh, Purple Punch, Triumph number 63 by Seed Junkie is the wedding cake, you know, the original wedding cake. So it's called Wedding Punch. And then I've got by Tiki Madman, I've got uh, Jealousy crossed with Candy Rain, and they were both regs. And so I actually, you can get services that will, the sex test, you just cut a little piece of the leaf off and put it in the mail. 
and uh, I got them back. And of course, that you know cost a premium, but I was able to to get all my basically winter females that they weren't runs picked out by week two. Uh, nice. Again, fems, you kind of skip that part, but it's fun to kind of hunt them out. But but yeah, yeah, I've got I've got those going right now, and um, it's it's kind of off to the races with them. I'm excited to see what winners I get uh, out of both of those. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you put emphasis on two things that the first thing that, or sorry, the second thing that I thought you put that that you put a good emphasis on. Justine's laughing at me because I can't speak tonight. Um, is that you should try everything, you know, don't, don't like, you can by all means go my route and try feminized all the way. But I will say that, like you said, Chris, I learned a lot when I went through the process of planting regular seeds because it's all about getting to know the plant. Right. And so like, it was really cool to go through the process of identifying like, Oh snap, that's a male. Justine, get the shotgun. We got a male, get him out of the house, you know? Um, so sorry, I, I've got lame jokes, but the, the yeah. first thing, <laughs> the first thing that I thought you put emphasis on that I neglected to acknowledge and you brought back up when we were talking about seeds is like, there are so many different ways to do this guys out on. So like online, you know, some people can be really rigid about their methodology or whatever, and you can be that way for sure. That's and putting it, nicely. Every, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's putting it nicely. Yeah. Um, but like you can be that way for sure. But what I really want you, what I think we all want you to take home today is that um, there are so many different ways to do this. Like I said, this stuff grows in a ditch. Um, Like there are so many different ways to do this. So don't let uh, anything dissuade you. Keep trying. Keep experimenting. That's what this is all about. And you'll find, like I think Chris said, um, it's a very beneficial activity to uh, partake in, like, especially now in COVID, you know, um, like I posted on Instagram the other day, the garden is my happy place. So, yeah, man, I don't, I mean, during the last year, I mean, how many, how much time did you spend just staring at your plants and the lights were on? I plead the, I plead the fifth on that. I'm not going <laughs> to answer that question. Cause I don't think if I answered it, honestly, um, you guys might, yeah. It's not, 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 not us, thing. not Diego and I, maybe the people listening, but no, I'll, I'll do the same thing, man. Because like, yeah. I, it's, they're just hours of just, yeah. you know, I, 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 I'm safe. I wear sunglasses. You know, I, I was going to say I, enough wear sunglasses. Time, yeah. Enough time that I had to start up, wearing sunglasses. Yeah. You will, you will <laughs> measure as even if you're like, Oh, my light doesn't have any UV in it. Like, bro, nope. it's still, it'll still mess your eyes up. So yeah, I don't know how many, like, probably i'd say probably maybe close to 100 hours i'm not joking like i'm mm-hmm. just staring at my plants with the lights on just smiling you know and that and it's <laughs> as weird as it sounds that's one of the best ways to increase your intel your knowledge as a grower is just spend time staring at your plants because the longer you stare at them you'll notice yep hmm, what what's going on on that leaf over there mm-hmm. is, is that just because that leaf is maybe rubbing up against the tent and the fan a little bit or Oh, I noticed another leaf sort of has that on it too. Oh, okay. Something the plant's trying to tell me something. And it'll get to the point where it's almost like just it's almost like a blink response. You'll just look mm-hmm. at a plant and you'll take in 15 to 20 things instantly. Yep. And you know, you be like, you just someone, you know, I don't know how many people at work come up to me and show me on their phone and you know, within 5 seconds instantly I'm oh, you're you're watering too much, you know, like <laughs> sure. move the light away. Uh 
And usually that's a very, very common beginner mistake is they overwater. It's mm-hmm. almost everybody does it. Uh, you're trying to give it too much love. But yeah, man, you just spend time staring at your plants and you'll, it, it just makes you happier. You know, it just, it, it, at least for me, it does. And um, that's kind of expanded. I, I guess ever since really starting growing cannabis, I've, you know, I have a lot of house plants now. Uh, it really has sort of, I've, I've got, I just put in my third raised bed garden in my backyard. Wow. Uh, it, it really has expanded to all areas, you know, uh, the rest areas of my life in, in regards to hobbies. Uh, I'm, I'm much kind of like that crazy plant guy, you know, that, that uh, you always, you always walk by that guy's house who's like front window is just, there's just, it's like a jungle. Yeah, it's me now. Uh, can I, can I ask you, did you start growing cannabis as your first plant or did you already grow plants? I had grown, you know, a couple tomato plants here and there, you know, I'd obviously, you know, messed around in, in school, you know, you plant your bean plants sure. or whatever. And, and growing up as a kid, you know, my dad had a little garden in the backyard. He had peppers and tomatoes and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I'd help him with that. But I'd say really, yeah, cannabis was, was really what got me into thinking that, you know, plants, man, these things like grab carbon out of the air and like build themselves with it. That's pretty, it's pretty rad, man. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so cool. That's well, that's awesome. Cause that's like, similar to me like i feel like i'm on that trajectory like i want i'm already thinking about what else we can grow and justine's pitched a few ideas and i think they're awesome like let's grow tomatoes for example yeah let's let's grow zucchini because i if anybody knows me I, they know i love zucchini bread so especially when we infuse it that's that's some good stuff we need to do that sometime soon by the way <laughs> Um, so, okay. We were talking about germinating seeds. Get, we'll get back on track. Um, and there's a lot of different ways to do it. So, um, let's get, let's talk about the vegetative, the vegetative stage of, uh, growing cannabis, right? Let's, um, like you said, you start to see your first fan leaf and that's really exciting when that starts to happen. I remember the first time I was like, I'm getting my first fan leaves. I'm getting, and it's the, it's like the traditional cliche, marijuana leaf that or you know cannabis leaf that you're um familiar with folks um so that comes i don't know two two weeks into it would you say two chris four weeks yeah I two mean, four yeah, weeks it's strain dependent and, and that's sure. you know i'll probably going to be a wet blanket and give you that answer for a lot of things because yeah. everything's yeah. strain dependent as you know I mean, absolutely couple universal truths there's a lot of universal truths but there's like there's a lot that's strain dependent so yeah i'd say two to four weeks is going to take you from that seedling sort of phase uh you know into your your early your early to you know early veg whatever and veg um it it's different for everyone it's different for everyone's space yeah. uh sometimes beginners have a problem they do one make one or two mistakes they either try to flip too soon um, cause obviously you're excited and you want to flower and, and obviously you're going <laughs> to yeah. sacrifice a lot of yield when you flip too soon. Uh, but also people I've noticed they veg really a lot longer than they should. And they end up with this giant compressed compacted root ball and this <laughs> just plant that's already growing out of the tent. And then, you know, you got to flip and it's like, well, where's it going to go? You know? Yeah. And, uh, they end up, you know, grows into the light and you know, they get all these issues. So, I usually tell people, you know, headspace is probably a good, you know, indicator of veg. And that does come with knowing your strain and how much it's going to stretch once you hit transition. And you can ask the breeder for that. And I always tell people that's your your best bet if you buy 
you know, if it's bag seed, you know, good luck. You got to figure it out on your own. But uh, <laughs> if, if it's a breeder and they've worked their line to any sort of stability, uh, they're going to be able to tell you with pretty good deal of accuracy, you know, how much stretch to expect. And, um, you know, you can top it to slow it down during this time. Uh, this is definitely the time to take clones. If you're going to do that, you don't want to take clones once you flip the flower. Um, you can, it's just, you have to do this thing called reveg and it's a whole yeah, other it's... ball of wax. I mean, it's, it's possible if like you flip the flower and everything, you know, your clone room go, you know, your, your cloner dies and everything dies, you still can save a plant. It's just a lot easier if you, yeah. Long story short, it's just much less complicated. Much easier. Yeah, just, just trust. Veg. Just yeah, take our word for it. And just 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 if you're gonna take the clones, do them do them in the in the veg stage. And yeah, yeah uh, when you flip, um, you know you're you're gonna want to. Some people do what's called defoliating. Uh, you know, lollipopping. You know, taking some of that lower foliage away uh, because what you'll end up with is it it kind of chokes the plant out as it gets a little bit older and those smaller bud sites in the bottom, they're just a pain in the butt to trim. You don't get a ton of yeah. larf is what, is what we call them. And, uh, you know, life's too short to be trimming larfy nugs, man. It's, it's That's just, right. It's really, it's just, so yeah, I try to get a lot of that undergrowth out of there. Depending on the strain, I will lollipop all the way up to the very top node. Sometimes I'll go third from the top. Uh, sometimes I'll go less than that. Again, it's strain dependent, but you're going to definitely want to get that those first couple levels out of there. Uh, a to help with airflow as they get bigger, and B the plant can expend its energy on the main top colas and the and the you know popcorn nugs below those to really put all the oomph into them. Yeah, and folks, you know if you're if you're, uh, I mean, I guess just a, something that's worked out for me, Chris. I'd love to hear you chime in on this. I really like fabric pots because i'm going to quote royalqueenseeds.com for a moment uh, because they allow uh, the plant to trim their plants sorry their roots naturally these pots cauterize apically dominant root root shoots with a thin film of air as they search their way through the growing medium this prevents the roots from reaching the edge of the pot and thus allows for more weeks in a single pot rather than root trimming once a month or so as with regular pots. I just also find that with regular pots, like you said, people get this like root ball. If you have a fabric pot, because it's doing this air cauterization, um, you don't really see that as often, to put it like uh, put it shortly. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I use fabric pots I mean, smart pots are one, you know, roots organics has another, I think you, know, you go on Amazon, there's a bunch of knockoff brands and it's pretty simple, you know, concept. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. a, a fabric pot guy for, for a number of reasons, but you know, as we both said earlier, there's a, there's a ton of variables and there's a ton of reasons. A lot of people do a lot of things. I know a guy who switched from fabric pots to plastic pots because he's not home often. He travels a couple times sure. a week. And so the plastic pots hold more moisture. And mm -hmm. so he needs that because he doesn't have that urge to overwater because he's not home a couple of days a week. Yep. Beginners, I always tell to use fabric pots. Uh, one of the reasons being they dry out faster. If you, there you overwater go. a fabric pot, it's going to dry out a lot faster. You're going to a lot more forgiving in that regard. Yeah. Uh, you also said it air prunes. Uh, one of the terms is air pruning, I think, is uh, another term yeah. for what you said with the roots. 
Um, you know, although you will see that in, even in a plastic container, you know, they'll eventually find the end of the, the container and, and kind of stop themselves. But it's it's although sometimes I have noticed in the in the, the smart pots that uh, some of the more vigorous strains, if I if I have two smart pots touching together, two cloth pots touching together, uh, sometimes the roots will, will bust through the fabric and actually go into the other pot. I've had that a couple of times, but oh, that's kind of uh, romantic. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. So uh, life, uh, life finds a way, I guess. But, <laughs> but yeah, I like the fabric pots. But again, it's different for everybody, you know. And and I yeah. grow in in soil. I'm a organic, uh, organic soil kind of guy. Uh, living soil, I uh, usually, you know, try to reuse and reamend what I can. But sometimes I, I start fresh. Uh, there's a couple companies. I, I I won't geek out on it too much. But um, you had the guys from Chicago Roots on earlier. I go there a lot. You know, they got a lot of great stuff. Feel uh, free to nerd out, by the way. People uh, love it. There's, People, yeah, share the so, knowledge, you know. Uh, uh, there's so yeah, the, Chicago Roots is a great place. They got a lot of good soils there. Um, right now, I'm using some Sohum soil I picked up, which is uh, oh yeah, I've heard uh, of that. Yeah, it's um, I've ne- this is my first time running it. I was a, a Michigan mix guy for a while. I, I ran the Stonington blend for a while before that. I'm a big fan. It's, uh, it's, it's not, uh, I haven't found any, I have to get it online. I haven't found any stores to get it from around here, unfortunately yet, but build the soil is a organic uh, soil supply store out in Montrose, Colorado. And, uh, they've got some really killer products there. If you're into like the, the organic side of weed and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I guess, you know, what I said earlier is, uh, this, this hobby sort of like kind of transformed my life and that, you know, I have more plants around and I, I grow food, but, I was never really into the organics movement. I kind of thought it was just a, a, a sales ploy, you know, to sell sure. produce at higher prices <laughs> until, uh, which I still think actually as far as stuff you buy at the grocery might, might, might still be correct. Uh, but stuff I grow, grown, you know, in organic living soil, uh, the first thing I did was cannabis. And I was like, holy smokes, there is no way. It was the same cut. It was literally the same cut of Wonder Woman. I grew it in soil. And I ran it with uh, Veg Bloom, Veg Bloom, and some Heavy Sixteen, you know, and some yeah. other different, you know, you know how it is. There's a bottle for this, a bottle for that. Mm-hmm. And then I grew it the next time in, uh, I believe it was that Stonington blend soil, uh, and I mended it with some wop, some some different, you know, crab shell and some other stuff, and used a little bit of fertilizer in the bloom, but not much. And it was like, it, it was like a different strain of weed. I mean, it, the taste, wow. the the high, the effect. And I was like, dude, there's no way. And so I grew again, again, the next grow, I did it completely organic. Didn't use any fur, you know, completely top dressed, you know, uh, compost, the whole nine, whole nine yards. And I've never looked back. I mean, it was the best weed I ever had. Um, and so then I was like, you know, I wonder if I grow you know, my tomatoes like this. I wonder if I grow my cucumbers like this. And it was just people would come over, you know, for dinner and we cook for them and they would just brave, you know, where did you get these, you know, where, where'd you get these peppers? God, the flavor. And I'm like, dude, I grew them in my backyard with compost and oyster shell and stuff. You know, it's not, it's not really that hard. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it, that's really kind of transformed, you know, the way I kind of, you know, try to, you know, put inputs into my body. You know, I noticed the inputs I put in my cannabis, like the more down to earth I got and the more, you know, the less processed I got the better my ended up overall product was. And so I kind of started doing that in life and my diet got better and, you know, things got better. So like it has, you know, there's levels to this, like I said, you know, and everything, but uh, that's how I got on the organic side. Uh, Again, that's not the only way to grow. 
Uh, you can grow great weed with hydroponics. You can grow great weed with aeroponics. You can grow great weed with cocoa, uh, you know, on and on and on. But uh, that's just kind of that's just kind of my I guess my my story on uh, on on how I became uh, that uh, that organic hippie guy. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, yeah. Shout out to uh, Organic Roots. Uh, that was their name, right? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, and they honestly, I've been to grow shops all around Chicago. There's some good ones in the burbs, you know. But I still take them over any like as far as just the just on the organic side of things. Yeah. Uh, they've got some great composts in there. Um, they make a, they brew their own compost tea or they used to once a week. Uh, don't want to put them on the hook for something they don't do anymore. <laughs> but they are a wealth of information. And uh, uh, I will say I've, I've dealt with a couple of guys there. Sometimes guys in the grow store have a tendency to sell you things you don't need. Uh, they don't really do that there. Um, they're pretty straightforward, which is, uh, sometimes a rarity in the grow shops these days. Yeah. Yeah. That can be hard to find. So shout out to them. Yeah. And, uh, uh, John from, uh, Illinois craft cannabis was really cool. And I think he said he works with them. So shout out to him, um, and shout out to them. Uh, so yeah, you were talking about transitioning into flower. I'm glad you mentioned topping. Um, that's a way that, like you said, you can kind of, um, slow down the growth of i would say that like hide your plant instead of it growing like a tree it grows like a bush but it also adds more tops which is pretty cool like more you can kind of it, it breaks the atypical dominance of, ha of it having one top i believe is the correct way of saying it and so um yeah Th yeah, th I didn't know if you had any other comments on that as we segue into the flower flowering part of growing. Um, you know, with with topping, just like with everything else, uh, some strains love it. Some strains um, don't really care. Some strains yeah. really don't like it. Right. Uh, I haven't seen too many that just hate it, but um, I had a Sunset Sherbert clone one time that you could top it, but you needed to give it a good two weeks before mm -hmm. you flipped. Because if, if you didn't, it just, it just, the, the tops just fizzled out, you know, into nothing. So um, again, you just got to get to know what you're growing. Yeah. Uh, I guess as a side note, I, I would say sometimes, and like I felt, I felt guilty for it. Everyone probably does. You want to grow all the things all the time, always. And man, sure. you see this guy's growing this cut. Oh, this guy's got ice cream cake. Oh man, this guy over here has got this, you know, it's gelato. Oh man. And you never, if you're switching from one strain to the next, the next, the next, it's, it's cool. It's nice to get that experience, but you never really learn how to dial it in and, and dialing yeah. it in. is how you get the dank, man. Like you got to dial yeah. it in. So if you really want to like really see how good a, a particular cut can be that you get or, or whatever grow it i'd say a minimum of five times mm -hmm. uh, because if, if if you don't figure out how to really unlock one strain and really grow it to its full potential you're never going to really learn how to grow anything to its full potential um yeah so as hard as it can be sometimes to to not get distracted and to not always like i got more packs of seeds than i'll ever grow in my life you know i still buy them though um but it, it, it's it's hard to not get distracted but if you could just dial you know 
you know, focus in and take one pack of seeds, take a clone from it and grow it at a minimum three times, spend one year growing that plant. Yeah. Um, man, you're going to notice that every other strain you pick up from now on, you're going to pick up on those little things a lot easier. Uh, and once you have a cut that you know exactly how it responds, wow, like the quality, uh, you know, that those little differences add up and you're going to just have so much better quality weed than, uh, than if, as I said, if you just jump from one thing to the next and the next to the next. Now there's anything wrong with that. That's what you want to do. Go for it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there, there is uh, gold at the end of the rainbow in the consistency. If you, if you keep at it with the same strength. Absolutely. So it sounds like you're a seedaholic. I know a lot of seedaholics. Yeah. You know, how many seeds do I have, you know, way too many, but not enough. <laughs> I, I mo, people that are like you have more seeds than they're ever going to grow in their lifetime yeah, but I, I admire oh, yeah, it you know yeah. because hey, that's you know, you know people what's the quote people that uh, plant I'm going to fuck this quote up so bad people <laughs> that plant trees for their something Jamie pull that quote up I don't know Jamie google it I'm, I'm calling Justine Jamie um, shout out to Joe Rogan um, so <laughs> um uh, so I guess I just wanted to, cause we kind of went into, we went into our, our most recent podcast. I mean, I don't want to, just because we went into it in our most recent podcast, I don't want to cut you off from anything that you'd like to say, but we were talking about flowering and, um, the process is a really cool and beautiful process. Uh, one thing that I think we could reiterate is that in the last few weeks, don't get scared if you see your plants like and you, you're doing your flush. Don't get scared if you start to see those leaves discolor at that point in the flush, right, Chris? Because that can be normal. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you if if you're in like is this like week seven, you know, week eight, and you start to see you know leaves start to yellow and and turn, that's that's normal, you know, yeah. that, uh, and as far as yellowing leaves, uh, usually that's a sign most of the time of nitrogen deficiency. Sure. Most, most, most strains, uh, you should be cutting your nitrogen around week six ish. Mm-hmm. So somewhere around day 40, maybe day 35, day 40, somewhere like that. Um, because I have seen a lot and in the early, early days before anyone knew what they were doing, um, we would give it fertilizer to the very end the flush. What the heck's that? You know, this is back in the old days, um, but before you had the information that you have now and uh, the plant would just be green as could be when we would harvest it. Cause we were, you know, supplementing nitrogen where heck we were in the early days, probably using miracle grow, which has a ton of nitrogen in it, you know? Um, and it would be just the greenest, most vigorous plant you could see. And uh, that's not really how your cannabis should look. There are some strains that don't have much of a fade. Yeah. Uh, so don't, you know, don't think you did something wrong necessarily if it is still green in, in week nine. Right. But most, most, most of the time you'll have what's called, yeah, the fade. And it, the funny thing is it happens during a flush or not, you know, so I'm an organics guy. I don't, I, I there's no such thing as a flush for me. Sure, I'm not feeding sure. it fertilizer, right. but my leaves still fade. Yeah. Um, I still get beautiful fades. So uh, it's a natural part of the plant. It's just like when you see the leaves on a tree in the fall uh, change color. It's it's just a it's a similar function for the cannabis plant when the flowers get ripe. Um, a lot of times, and every again, every strain's different. 
sometimes the plant is, is literally pulling some micronutrients out of the leaves as it finishes. Um, you know, and that's, that's kind of where that color change comes from as well. And you, the leaves change all different sorts of colors. Sometimes you'll get yellow. Sometimes you'll get red. Sometimes you get really nice purples. Uh, I just finished growing some Supreme grapes uh, from in-house genetics and, and they were straight black. I mean, it was a straight fade to black uh, leaf, you know, when it was done. And, um, yeah, that looked really cool. But yeah, they can change a bunch of different colors. It's normal. Um, usually means you didn't mess anything up. Yeah. Well, um, Justine is a horrible Jamie. I just have to say. Did you find it? Did you find the quote? Because I found it before you did. No, I didn't have any idea what the hell you were talking. About. Okay, maybe I'm a bad describer. I guess. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, so I found the quote. Um, it's a society grows great when old people i'm gonna take out the gender um plant trees whose shade they know they shall never sit in so that's what you are chris you're an old person i'm joking uh i've been been told i'm an old soul Uh, i'm I'm not going to disagree with this either uh but i have been told that before no but that's a beautiful quote and i think it's uh you know jokes aside i think it's a, a cool quote so i wanted to share it with folks um all right so i think naturally unless you had anything else to say about flowering um the exciting stage of flowering i figured we'd talk and go about uh we would talk about the chop the cure all that but i didn't want to stifle any conversation that you may have um no flower um yeah, that's the fun part, man. Flower is uh, where it all happens. Uh, Hell yeah. Pro- look, depending on how you live your life, you might want to look into getting a carbon filter if you do it inside. If yes. you don't mind yourself and all of your belongings smelling like uh, a dead skunk for two months, go for it. But it, I mean, it stinks. And a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's no big deal. I live by myself. And like, that's fine, man. But understand that, like, you, your backpack, like, that has the air that was in your apartment. You're going to go somewhere and open up that backpack, and it is going <laughs> to absolutely stink like nothing else. And, again, if you're cool with that, you don't need a carbon filter. But that is a part that probably shouldn't overlook, especially if you live, you know, in an apartment or a building with roommates or something like that. Uh, and it's always nice to be discreet. Um, you know, one thing I tell people, and I was very guilty of this back in my in my younger days when I first started growing – is just really don't don't tell a lot of people about it you know even if sure you know it's it's legal even if now, it's legal yep because look you know the, the police were just one of your issues you know if, if people know you grow they know you're holding right and you know how it is you even with a couple plants for personal use you, a couple zips add up real fast around the house you know i got jars slain everywhere yeah and people know that you're holding at that point and that's worth money and that makes you a target and also your equipment to grow is worth money and that makes you a target so yes. try not to tell people and also you get those those uh those random like friends from college you haven't heard from in years that you know get word that you're growing they're hitting you up every other weekend for an aid and stuff like that and it's like come on man yeah you uh, don't want those problems folks no you so don't want keep, that so keep, you know keep it to yourself that you're doing it function within the Con- confines of the law you yeah know. if you have to show someone you know there's uh, some forms online there's like illinois trees there's uh you know several different forums there, there's instagram you know there's places you can anonymously post it and, and be proud and all that good stuff but just try not to tell people uh and yeah. and, and 
the 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 old rule of thumb were the three S's. There it was don't say anything, don't sell anything, and don't be able to smell anything. And if you follow the three S's, uh, you're going to be pre- pretty fine. And even though, as I said, it's legal now and everything's great, um, just some just a little bit of discretion goes a long way. And and covering up your smell is a big part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Carbon filter, good tip. Um, so, um, powerful tip, honestly, because it it gets very aromatic, um, as we've noticed it gets pretty it seems to get really aromatic in the morning right before the lights turn on and at night right before the lights turn off i don't know what the plant's doing but it uh it gets pretty funky get funky funky. everybody clap your hands sorry um (laughs) so um that's the kind of night we're having over here um so the chop I actually, sorry, I keep, I keep, uh, are you ready to go to the chop? Yeah, yeah, we go to the chop. So yeah, so flour, once your flour is done, um, you know, there's, there's really the, the universally accepted way is to harvest is to determine what your trikes look like and different people have different preferences. Usually you're going to want to go with mostly cloudy heads. Uh, You're not going to want to see much clear in there, cloudy Cloudy trike heads are going to show you that uh, you're, they're mature. And when they're mature, uh, they have optimal levels of THC, which is uh, what, we're all, what we're all going for. And uh, if they get, you're, you'll see some that maybe look amber. Um, that means they're starting to degrade a little bit to CBN. Uh, there's mm-hmm. still some THC in there, but you're starting to degrade to some CBN. Some guys, you know, look, if you're growing really heavy indica, some guys will say, hey, I, I like to wait till I got 60% amber. You know, that's a lot, but some guys might really want that heavy sedating sort of CBN kind of high. Yeah. Uh, other guys that want a really racy sativa uh, might pull it a little early uh, because that you, you will get those effects with uh, immature clear resin glands. They're gonna, your THC might be a little lower, but usually you'll get a little bit more of a racy effect from it. Uh, so some guys will like that a little more. And so it's, it's all in your personal preference, but usually when you have, I'd say probably 80% or more of cloudy, uh, uh, heads, you're good to go. Um, so the way I do it is I chop with the lights off. Um, I, I like doing it that way because it seems, it, it just seems like the plant smokes better. Uh, it seems like the flavor's better. I read somewhere that when, when, you know, it's dark out when the lights are off, the sun's down, whatever. Plants will expel their sugars uh, down into the root system and into the soil, um, and it'll be out of the buds. And so that's that's good because when you when you dry and then you cure, you're trying to remove as much chlorophyll as you can while still preserving you know everything else, all the good stuff, right? So I found when I when I cut them down with the lights off. Uh, it just, everything's just a little bit better, uh, for a lot of reasons, but I will do, some guys will, will, will do 24 hours of darkness. Some guys do 36 hours of darkness before they cut. Uh, I, I just do what, you know, my 12 hours, you know, I don't, I don't really like to stress the plant. Uh, so that's, that's what you mean. You, when you cut them with the lights off, you're not like literally talking about you chop your plants with the lights off. Like I can't see anything. Uh, Yeah. I, 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 I've done that before. Like you're like, Oh, I gotta be, but look, just the, 
the the light from the room that's in the tent for the couple minutes when you're cutting them down they're, they're fine you know yeah, absolutely so um when you chop your plants and actually before we before we go any further do you mind i I, we want to oh are you still there oh that was just my uh microphone do you mind uh of course we'll stress again that there's not one way to do this but do you mind sharing some of the resources that you found to be beneficial maybe online or just whatever yeah um I'd say online, boy, there's a lot of good ones now. I would say growweedeasy.com is, yeah. is a great resource. Um, and again, you know, as we've said the whole time, don't take anyone's word as the gospel, but but there's some universal truths there. So I, I'd say sure. growweedeasy. Uh, I follow some accounts on Instagram that, that can every now and then throw some really good nuggets out there. Uh, Jay Plant Speaker, a guy growing up in the Oregon high deserts who's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the real deal right there, that guy. But, uh, you know, a couple other IG accounts, uh, a guy named uh, Brandon Rust who you know, runs a facility down in Oklahoma. He's, he's a pretty real deal guy. Um, there's a few different forums online place called bean basement uh if you've ever heard of the strain mac uh capillator is the is the breeder that's uh, his yeah. own web forum and uh it's a private server hosted in uh the netherlands if anyone's like concerned with oh god are they tracking me it's actually completely private and um you can go and there's like a public section it's not very big but if you post a grow log of your grow uh it's going to take you you know couple months uh you actually get access to the rest of the site and uh it's a huge amount of resources in there from some guys are owner operators of entire facilities you know in legal states you know i mean there are some serious knowledge there and uh that's a good place to go otherwise otherwise you know there's like 420 forum roll it up forum those have been around forever reddit uh you know micro growery i think still around um, you know, there, there's, there are so, so, so many sites to go to. Um, and I've just tried to kind of go to all of them. Also YouTube, there's a lot of great, um, just resources of, of guys who literally take you around their farm and show you, you know, this is what we're growing. This is how I built my soil. This is, uh, just a lot of SOPs way out in the open, you know, from a lot of really, really respected guys. So, uh, look everywhere. You know, look, look everywhere and, and don't take anyone's word as the complete gospel and uh, you'll you'll be OK. Yeah. So when you chop your plants, uh, there's there's obviously a few different ways to proceed. Um, I've done a few different things. I've taken, um, uh, you know, clothes, hangers and I've hung my colas off of them I'm using like uh, binder clips <laughs> and uh now I use uh, like a combination of, of that and I've got one of those uh, uh, drying net, like a food tree dehydrator. It's like one of those nets with layers. I've so if you're those, trying yeah, to look, yeah, yeah. yeah, if you're trying to look that up, folks, it's like a tray hanging drying net food like dehydrator. Tube. That'll pull it like up for you, folks. Yeah. Like different like levels and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. I like it because when I had you know the them hanging on the clothes hangers and i had them in my closet i was worried about the sometimes you know the top colas because i had some chunky girls so they were like they would like lean and touch each other and 
you know, you want them to fully dry out. What I'd find is that they dry and if they were touching each other, it would be like moist in between uh, the colas, which, you know, I wanted a full dry. So I found that if I, you know, hang some in the closet, but then hang the rest in my hanging basket, that's just what works for me because of real estate and safe or, or space or whatever, you know. Um, so that keeps everything working well during my drying process. Do you have any tips? Do you hang just from the, you know, in your closet? What do you do? So, yeah. So what, what I do is I cut my plants down with the, with the lights off. Um, I have, I have a couple different tents and I kind of have my own way of flipping things from one tent to another, but nice. usually, um, what I'll do is I have a smaller, a much smaller sort of like mini veg tent. That's uh, two feet, it's two feet by two feet by four feet high. And so, um, usually I will, on the day I cut everything down, I flip everything from that tent into my bigger flower tent. So that tent is open. And so then I will hang the whole plant uh, as much of it as I can in this little, you know, tent and the rest of it, if I have extra, um, usually I'll, I'll hang it dry in a closet or something, but I try to keep everything in this one, in this one tent if I can. And I have a carbon filter. I actually, I have it hooked up to it and um, I run the exhaust at the very, very, very lowest setting and allows for just enough air to get in there. Mainly it, it kills the smell because nice. uh, like I had, if, if I, if I had a, a way to not have that much air, you know, c- circulation, if I could have less than that, I would. But uh, again, you got to deal with your circumstances the best you can, your variables the best you can. Right. So I uh, live in third floor apartment, you know, <laughs> can't yeah. really have the whole place stinking, you know, on, on harvest days. So I'll put that carbon filter on the fan on the very, very lowest setting. I'll hang everything up. And um, usually I, I don't buck a whole lot of leaves off of them. If there's leaves that are, you know, starting to die, like crisp up and die, if there's, you know, dead leaves I didn't see on there that I didn't pick off, I'll pick those off. Uh, if there's really bad, you know, like you said, like two colas that are jammed up against each other, I might literally like split the plant in half, yep. you know, at, uh, like, you know, at the stem and just hang it up. But yeah, I try to keep the plant as together as possible. Uh, when I, when I dry, drying and curing are really, uh, you're probably your most important part of everything. Yeah. And it can easily be overlooked because you put in so much work and man, you just want to, you know, quote unquote, smoke for free. Right. Don't we all. Right. Uh, but man, you, you really have to exercise patience in the, in the last time, because ideally, I think what the pros try to do is ideally, if you have control over all the variables in your room, which obviously as home growers, we don't, we try our best though. You want to have sp- right around 60 degrees Fahrenheit temperature. You want to be 60% humidity and you're going to want to do it for about 16 days. It's the six, six, six rule. Right. Um, so obviously you can't really have that in your house because no one wants to live, you know, in a, a very humid, damp, cold place. (laughs) Um, so I try to keep it below 75 degrees. Uh, I, the, the cooler, the better. If you can keep it in the 60s, great. Um, a very, very little bit of airflow in the tent, not much, just a little bit. And just as long as a process as I can get them. Um, one thing to keep in mind is, again, don't be rigid. Don't be like, oh, hey, I got to keep it drying for 14 days or 16 days. Sure. The warmer your room is, the faster it'll dry. So if you got a room that's 78 degrees most of the day, you're maybe only drying for seven days, eight days you know, before you go to cure. 
And yeah. you want to make sure that you jar it at the right time because if it gets too dry, you it'll still be smokable. It'll still be good weed, but it you it won't ever be what it was. All right. Um, and you got a thin window to hit. Different guys will tell you different things. Some guys will say, hey, you know, to tr trim and jar when you snap a nug back and it barely snaps. Some guys will say, do it before the, the, the limb snaps. Mm -hmm. As I've been saying the whole show, it depends on the strain. You got to know what, you, what you're doing. And, and you're not going to get it perfect the first time. I mean, th yep. there are strains that I've been growing for years. I still don't get it perfect. You know, I got a whole notebook of you know things. And it's, it's, it's more of an art than a science, really. Um, especially with us home growers that have different conditions every every couple months when we do it. Sometimes it's December, sometimes it's June. Yeah, that's uh, a whole different set of uh, factors. So, just know again, the the warmer your room is, uh, it's not the end of the world if it's a warm room. But the warmer your room is, the quicker it'll dry. Keep an eye on it. Uh, once it gets to that optimal dryness level, you want to trim it and put it in a jar. Uh, once it's in the jar, you're going to want to know what's, do what's called as burping. And, and what you'll do is the first couple of days it's in the jar, you know, shake up the jar a little bit and slightly, lightly shake it up and then sure. pop the, pop the lid off, keep the lid off for five, 10, 20 minutes, depending on the size of the jar, and then put the lid back on and put it in a dark place and do this two or three times a day. The first couple of days after you jar it, then do it once a day for another week or two, and then do it every couple of days for another week, couple of weeks after that. And, um, you will notice that the weed gets better when you do this. It's incredible how much mm -hmm. better the weed gets during the cure. Not just taste, but but potency even. It, it's yeah. amazing how much more potent well-cured weed is than fresh weed and weed that's dried out too much. Yeah, it's something about the way that it smokes. I agree. And uh, the, the cure is such a, a fun process once you get a little little bit of a handle on it, you know, and one of the things that helped me get a handle on the curing process was I got the there's little RH meters that you can stick in your jars. Yeah. And that helps to know that helped me to know like approximately when it was time to stop like excessively burping. You know, like you say it's right. roughly right. 2 2 weeks but you know it can change depending on when you cut and everything else. So folks if you're looking for like kind of a gauge get an RH uh, indicator that you can keep in your jars. And what is it, uh, Chris, uh, around 62, 65-ish, maybe in that Goldilocks yeah. zone? Yeah, so I have on my jars, I've got lids, actually, that has it built into the lid of the ball jar. Oh, cool. A little, yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, picked them up there, found them online. Um, they're powered by a little watch battery. They're pretty neat. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I strive when I first put it in the jar, I really want to hit between 60 and 65. Like that's nice. Yeah. Ideally, you know, um, any wetter than that. And you, you probably should let it dry a little bit, you know, a little bit more, but if you can get in there around like 60 to 65 and then slowly burp it down to like, you know, 55 to 60, and some people like it lower than that. You know, I personally like it closer to 50. I like it just a little on the drier side. Um, yeah. But yeah, you really don't want it too much south of, of 50. Sure. Uh, anything, look, anything above 35 is really going to be fine. Once you get below 35, it it's kind of that stuff that just like turns to dust when you put it in <laughs> your fingers. You know, it just yeah. crumbles uh, as you touch it. 
Uh, again, we'll, we'll, it'll work, but that sweet spot really, it's, I'd say between like 45 and 60. And uh, uh, as you said, the RH meters really help with that. Um, it, it's definitely a lot easier than trying to guess and, you know, put your hands in there and smash the, the, the nugs up yourself. And, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, as, as, as we, we indicated earlier, it, uh, even with all the tools, even with all the gadgets and gizmos, it, it's still easy to, uh, to mess that part up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I've, you know, we've kind of broken it down. Um, the cure can take quite a while. The longer you, uh, the more patient you are, generally the, the better results you're going to see. People just keep on top of the burping, um, of the jars and, and, uh, yeah, keep on, keep on top of it and you'll end up, uh, with a pretty good end result, I'd say. Um, so Chris, anything else you'd like to talk about with the, uh, growing process? Um, um, you know, I, I'd say just don't, don't get discouraged. Uh, you're going to run into error you're going to run into issues. Uh, you're going to run into issues that are foreseeable. You know, you're going to water too much, you know, fertilize. You might have the other part of the problem. You might forget to water and you know, Oh God, no, I, what do I do? you'll have things you weren't anticipating. All of a sudden you're going to come in one day and you're like, what are, what's up? What are all these webs on my, yeah. on my plants? What, what, what are these little things? Oh no. Uh, you're going to, you're going to run into that. Don't get discouraged. You know, it's a learning process. Um, you know, and don't, don't think that just because you saw someone on Instagram growing some dank and they had a light that that's out of your price range, or they're using a nutrient line that you can't afford, or they're growing genetics that you can't afford that, you know, your stuff's no good or what you're going to do is no good. That, that's, that's nonsense. Yeah. Uh, you know, buy what you can afford, get the, I'd say if you're going to budget for something, but budget the most for a light, you know, spend your most that you can on a light and um, you know, just control every variable that you can, the best you can. So if you can't control your humidity, really make sure that you're, you're watering exactly how you should be watering it, you know, focus on, okay, when you're going to defoliate, do it, you know, put extra effort into that because you can control that. Yeah. Um, thinking that, oh, you know, I guess it's growing just not for me because I can't, you know, I can't afford this uh, CO2 supplementing system. Uh, you don't need that. Yeah. I mean, you, when you get to the point when you need CO2, you'll, you'll, you'll be able, you know, it, it'll, it'll come. Right. Yep. But, uh, but don't get discouraged, man. Um, everyone was a beginner once everyone grew plants that sucked once uh you know everyone went through it and uh you know as, as we both said if you really mess something up like you can always turn it into brownies you know and there's always there's there's always the edibles route man that's right that's right yeah and um that's what's so great about growing there's so many different uh things you can repurpose the product into um you can really become your own one-stop shop uh you know, uh, you can, you've got the flower that you can enjoy, um, however you choose, you know, whether that be vaping or good old classic joint, um, you can repurpose it into edibles. You can get yourself a rosin press and make your own concentrate solvent free concentrate, which we understand that new era offers, um, flour uh, rosin and hash rosin, which I've been wanting to try the hash rosin really bad. We, because uh yes shameless shameless plug we uh we also have some uh just just very limited batches of some live hash rosin 
Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, I want to say it was the uh, it was the LSD that we have. I mean, I want to say it was hitting like nine percent terps. Yeah. And it was for for Illinois. Like we we don't you don't see those numbers here. That's, that's West Coast stuff. Um, so like, yeah, we were, we're very, very happy with, with the new results. And, um, from what I understand, they upgraded some of the equipment at the, uh, extractions facility that we own. And you should be seeing, uh, here in the next year, uh, some real, real heat coming from, from our extractors. They're really dialing those, uh, their processes in and, um, we're, we're getting some, I mean, the last batch of, uh, live hash rosin we had was lit legit purple. It's purple rather. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. That's, that's never heard of that before, honestly. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot you can do with home grow. I mean, I feel like at this point, um, we're beating a dead plant. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, you can be self, self-sufficient, um, as a medical patient, you also get that, that one to 2% tax at dispensaries. One thing we haven't mentioned is you get to the front of the line or in other words, uh, you, you go before adult use patients, um, medical patients get priority, you know, so that's, that's another perk as a medical patient. Um, and the one thing that I want to mention once again, Chris, it sounds like you've had the same experience. Um, home grow is just really it's been a beneficial thing for my mental health during all these crazy times so i'm glad that you could come onto the show and have a conversation with us about specifically that so yeah absolutely absolutely uh i i think you can't understate that last point enough um you know without and and really from even a broader perspective of man what would i have done in the last year without cannabis yeah Uh, my goodness um, you know, people laughed when, when the governor deemed us an essential business last year. And I, I agree. I got a, a bit of a chuckle out of it. You know, we went from in, within one year, you got arrested for it. And then now they're like, oh, no, 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 everyone else can't, everyone else stay home. You though, you get to go to work. Uh, it was such a crazy paradigm shift, but I, I, I honestly can't imagine having to go through everything that we've been through in the last year uh, without the uh, amazing mental and physical uh, benefits of, of cannabis. I, I, I don't think cannabis be... use definitely increase. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to, to your credit, Chris, I mean, <laughs> liquor stores were open too. I mean, one of the popular uh, April fool's jokes of last year, which I actually got some people on an April fool's joke this year, but we won't talk about that right now. Um, uh, a popular April Fool's joke last year was that J.B. Pritzker was going to be closing liquor stores and everybody was in uh, up in arms for, for COVID. Um, but of course, liquor stores were deemed essential businesses too. Now, I'm not putting you at all in the same ballpark as uh, uh, liquor stores, but give yourself a break. You're definitely more of an essential business than a liquor store. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, I've, I've say. always considered, you know, cannabis essential, but yeah, it's just, you know, in the eyes of the state, literally within a year, you know, you go from, yeah, no, you're right. That is hilarious. You know, uh, yeah. it, it, so True. I literally, I have, uh, my, I was working at MedMen at the time, uh, last year and I literally, I have it, I've, I've got it framed. I've got my letter from the governor, my exemption letter. If I was pulled over during the, you know, during the, the quarantine, uh, I was to present this letter to the police officer that it was okay for me to be out of the house because I was selling weed. 
like that still just breaks my mind. Like I, I that's hilarious, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but what a, what a great time to be alive, you know, uh, despite everything time. else. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just what, a, and also just the industry in general, you know, we get cannabis legalized in Illinois, we're still a pretty Midwestern state and there's still a lot of people that had a lot of opinions, you know, negatively on it. And man, I don't know how many people I helped in the last year uh, at, at both dispensaries I worked at that were probably people, my parents age, probably boomers that they didn't have anything else to do and they were staying at home. You might as well try cannabis. And if you believe it, I saw them in the shop every week after they came and tried it out. You know, it was such a good opportunity for our industry to really advertise to, to, to the, the, the biggest critics that were, that were around, really. Yeah, we had so many people who were like first timers when it first became legal. And then they're just, they're like, oh, yeah, I have, I have a certain taste and they know exactly what they want. And they criticize certain products, certain cultivators, and they have all these type of expectations. And it's pretty funny because when they first started, they're like, oh, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Tell me, tell me what to get. And now they're like, I want this because this cultivator was kind of lacking last time. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, so what do you guys hope to see for the future in Illinois cannabis? Definitely that tax going down. Uh, I could say it's like truly unfair how expensive it is for recreational customers, you know, in in order for them to really get, get, get that, uh, get that kind of that 2% tax, that price that they're so used to from other states, they have to get a medical card and they have to go through a consultation with a doctor and this and that. I think it's definitely should get cheaper. The tax should go down. Uh, more competition needs to be out there. More healthy competition. More licenses out to cultivators. Um, definitely, it needs to get cheaper because uh, a lot of people can't afford it. Like right when it went, when it went legal, he had all these dispensaries putting that certain price out there on their menus without the tax included. So you had people sense. waiting in line for a few hours. Right when they get there, it's like, oh well, the price is different because we added the tax after. So minus, since you're here, might as well, you know, you know, buy it, you know, might as well since you're here. And that, that, that seemed kind of lame to me, but oh, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would, I agree with, with Diego. I would really like to see Illinois take other states' medical cards. Um, I know a lot of other states do that. Yeah. It's, it's. Mm-hmm. sometimes it's 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 very hard to tell someone you know they're they got a cart worth you know you know 120 bucks worth of stuff and you can tell it's more of a medical person because they're getting like avexia tablets and you know more medical-based products yeah and they come up and you're like yeah it's going to be 80 dollars more than than you thought i know you have a medical card i'm sorry like i just it, i can't help you so i'd love to see illinois accept other states medical cards uh, i'd love to see some more players in the market right now as far as the craft guys go uh, those guys worked really really hard to get those licenses and, and and get all that paperwork done and get their uh you know locations set up and established and and right now they they can't put a seed in the dirt they can't grow anything until uh the state basically gets the paperwork handled from what i understand and so uh hopefully sometime this year they get going but uh i had a gentleman stop in the store the other day who is uh involved with one of the craft grows and he said they have literally you know nothing's even growing right now for them so hopefully by the end of the year we see some product Uh, i know you know the other day i know you guys had chicago kush on your show i think you had some other guys but uh, i'm really looking forward to a few of the uh the, the craft guys coming out uh different products different growing styles um 
you know, you're going to get some of the, the organic guys like myself. I really look forward to trying the soil grown stuff. Um, so yeah, just, just, just more, more players, more players in the game. That's what I'd like to see. Absolutely. Well said. All, all great points. Um, well, uh, before we go, do you guys have any other, uh, subjects that you'd like to talk about or anything you want to reiterate or anything? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, like if you want to go on our website, our new, newerocannabis.com, you can check out all sorts of resources we have there. Uh, I know we do like, okay, we have like a company podcast too that we're working on. It's just like, uh, you know, it's like the, we kind of we demonstrate the consultations we give to our medical patients on there with any questions people have, you know, medically about certain things. Um, yeah, well, send an email to us, more than happy to get, answer you back on that question you have that you didn't really get the chance to ask the butt tender when you, when you went on your visit. But yeah, definitely check that out. Awesome. Yeah, we'll throw that in the uh, podcast description, folks. So if you want to uh, just copy and paste that link in your browser, check out the podcast description, and uh, it'll be there. And uh, I feel bad that we didn't mention that you had a podcast until now. I That was actually one of the more exciting things that I learned uh, oh, yeah. going into this show. So um, check it out. What is it called again? The New Era Podcast? Oh, it's uh, it's called the New Era Podcast. Uh, we have a second. Uh, we we kind of like have an an official name. It's called Full Spectrum with John and Diego. Uh, it's it's uh, one of our butt tenders, John and I. We kind of interview different people, okay. uh, influencers, uh, local Chicago rowers, this and that. We're kind of still working on a few of the episodes right now. But uh, all the podcasts on there right now are they're they're kind of just the New Era Podcast, and they're about cartridges, edibles, uh, what certain conditions you would would help with certain products and and vice versa cool that that's awesome thank you for putting out that uh wealth of information so folks check that out um cool chris did you have any uh or diego uh anything else that you'd like to jump in with before we close out the show justine do we have anything to nope we don't have anything rolled up. Well, darn, we're going to have to roll something up. Um, <laughs> so what do you, I guess when I, uh, before we close the show, what do you guys have, what have you smoked on lately that you can say was really good uh, that you can share uh, with the crowd? Anything from like Illinois, I guess. If you haven't, that's also okay. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I don't buy a ton of weed at the dispensary. Uh, for obvious reasons, uh, yeah. But I did have some uh, hashtag grow your own, right? Grow always, man, always. Um, we every now and then at New Era, we have the the luxury of being able to test products that might be coming to market uh, from our our cultivation facility. And so a couple weeks ago, we had the opportunity to try a couple different pre rolls. Um, I'm not a big pre roll guy, but uh, these were infused with bubble hash and um wow. they were really good uh, i had one that was the uh, the ones i they i was given a test were called sandman and it was uh it was mr clean i believe was the uh was the wheat was the the, the, the leaf and uh, i think it was pillow factory bubble hash was infused and there was uh, a tenth of a gram and then two tenths of a gram uh, variations. So there was same size joint. One joint had two tenths of a gram of hash. One had one tenth of a gram and they were great, man. Uh, they tasted wonderful. Uh, the extra bubble hash really helped with the burn. They burned evenly throughout. 
Uh, they burned a lot slower than a normal pre-roll. And uh, the high was the, the high was satisfactory. Uh, that that extra bit of bubble hash really you know really kicks in. So uh, I don't know when those will be commercially available sometime this year. But keep an eye out. I'm not sure exactly what we're going to be calling them uh, either. But uh, I do know that that's a product that I believe will be uh, we will be having hit shelves here at some point this year. Exciting, exciting. Diego, you have any cool products that you've tried recently that you? feel like shouting out oh i've kind of only been smoking oh. the uh i'm sorry, sorry i think my my mic i'm plugged there for a bit my it's bad. okay no, <laughs> freaking okay. out right now no okay so i've uh kind of been only been smoking the lsd popcorn by new era uh i like it only because like uh i just have a lot left over and uh <clears throat> and i love it so uh, it's definitely it definitely burns pretty well for me um tastes great easy on the mind uh good for sleeping too uh, I know I, I I have a tendency to get p- pretty paranoid sometimes when I smoke, and this is one of the few products that doesn't do that for me. Sure, and I don't get paranoid, so that's 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 what I have to say about it, really. I mean, my tolerance is insanely high. Um, I'm I'm an experienced smoker, but I do have a tendency to get paranoid, and with that, we're actually uh we actually might be discussing something about that on the next podcast we do, John and I, about paranoia, and it's pretty it's a pretty easy thing to avoid if you smoke pretty pretty frequently yeah, yeah it just depends on the strain and how often you do it and how quickly you get high essentially nice well that's something to look forward to hearing about i know that a lot of people um or at least a select group of people um struggle with that so yeah keep doing what you guys do i have to say uh i love that you are publishing the information that you are because um, sometimes the answers to those questions are not so easy to find. And the fact that you're um, producing media that directly covers which conditions are um, in the medical program and what products would work best with which condition, like that's, that's solid material fellas and and that that you just talked about is huge because you're talking about um making the experience more pleasant and i mean (laughs) and easier it's awesome yeah we we expect people to pre-order uh you know they have all these questions and you can ask as many questions as you want once you come in and this and that but like like i said like we want the process to be you know quicker smoother people in and out less crowds less for safety uh, vulnerability Yeah. yeah And like, so we want to, we have to give you that resource so you know what you're doing, which products would be best for you. So it's only fair that we do that. Sure. Honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Diego, Chris, I appreciate you guys setting aside your time. And um, I'm going to go ahead and remind, uh, or actually clue the users, listeners in that Justine and I started rolling up and we were having a good time and we're smoking. And then we get an email from uh, Diego or Chris, like, "Hey, we're ready to go." And I'm like, "Oh fuck, it's already it's already eight o'clock." So we were having a late night session with Diego and Chris. Diego, Chris, I appreciate you guys so much for setting aside the time um, in your schedule, especially so late in your day, in your Friday, um, to talk to us about uh, the awesome perks of being a medical cannabis patient. Um, why home growing is so great and much much more so yeah 
Uh, Thank you for having us on. We love your podcast, man. Yeah, really. Man, yeah, thanks. Or a I whole lot of podcasts that. out there like this. <laughs> yeah, no, I and I look forward to you uh, to continue a continued collaboration with you folks. I've always had a really good uh, relationship with New Era, so um, yeah, we'll definitely have you back on in the future. So that's great to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs>